Welcome back to Me and the Geek. I'm me, Joel Sharpton. You can follow me at The Rogue's Life on Twitter. And every week we have a different geek on to talk about uh, their passion. This week it's sort of a special episode. Just last week we talked to Alicia Goodman about WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple, and especially about the Apple Watch and, and what we might can expect from next week's announcements. Here we are talking about Apple's major competitor, Google, and why, especially when you know from last week's episode, I'm an Apple fanboy. Well, it's because I'm very excited about a, a new product that Google just released. They had their big I.O. conference, and this is sort of the Google equivalent to WWDC. It doesn't run exactly the same. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of Apple fanboys like me have a problem with the, the... This is the sound of a man who unexpectedly fell into cold water and instinctively is trying to swim hard. This is the sound of the cold water shock, making him gasp uncontrollably and breathe in water until he drowns. Whereas this is the sound of a man who fell into cold water and knows how to survive. You have to fight your instinct to swim and just float until the cold water shock has passed and you can control your breathing. This is a safety message from the RNLI, float to live. Visit respectthewater.com. Way that they release a lot of their news, but there were some really exciting things uh, released and announced and uh, and put out into the wild. The most interesting of which is Google Photos, a brand new photos app that works on your iPhone, on your iPad, on your Android device, on your uh, web browser, even on your desktop or laptop computer. They've got little widgets that will install on your uh, desktop PC or your uh, desktop Mac or your laptop. But mostly what it's about is interacting with your photos and videos, for that matter, through the web and then on your mobile devices. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I was actually going to do this episode by myself, and I saw on Twitter one of uh, the guys that I follow uh, by the name of Joel Kelly talking about this app and how even though he is an Apple fanboy, even though he's got big questions about Google and some of their aspirations for your data – Yet he's excited about Google Photos, and he's really been mesmerized by how much he's been using it. So he and I got to chatting online last night, and I said, hey, you want to do this episode? So here we go. Who is Joel Kelly? Well, I've been following him for quite a while on Twitter and through his podcast. Uh, he is one of the hosts of Not a Real Job. It's a very cool show if you're an entrepreneur, if you're into digital marketing, social media, small business owning, uh, anything like that. If you're looking to do more with one of your side hustles or turn your uh, side hustle into a main job, Not a Real Job is a good way uh, to help you get started and, and help you uh, hone your workflows. That's a, a good way to put it. Uh, so that's Joel Kelly and Chris Van Patten are the two hosts of that show. But Joel himself is a writer. He's a marketer. He's a Canadian. That's right. He's our first Canuck on the show. I'm excited to have him here from Halifax. That's where he's based out of. And uh, he's a, a great guy. You can follow him at Joel Kelly on Twitter or just go by his website, Joel Kelly. That's with a K dot C-A or notarealjob.com for info on the podcast. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Let's get straight to the conversation, though, right now. It's Joel Kelly from Not A Real Job. It's me, Joel Sharpton, at The Rogue's Life on Twitter, and we're discussing Google Photos. I am joined this week by Joel Kelly. He's the co-host of Not A Real Job. You can find uh, his writing at joelkelly.ca. He's one of those dirty Canucks, and mm. uh, we brought him on the show anyway uh, because he was talking on Twitter last night about Google Photos, and I thought, here's another guy like me Skeptical of Google in general, generally an Apple fanboy, and yet 
really surprised and pleased with this new product from Google. So uh, I, I thought we could get together and talk about it. Joel, how are you doing today? I'm good. First of all, thank you for the plug for the website. That's kind of important to me. Um, I always, joelkelly.ca for anyone who may have missed it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. I'm glad, I'm glad we get a chance to talk about this because, because it's, it's something that I think way too much about. And I know, I know Joel, um, that I don't, I, I don't think you wanted to get too much into the, the security ethical concerns, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's where my head's at. I think, I think absolutely. Those are all important things to talk about, but before we get to that, let's do a couple of fun things. I ask everybody that comes on the show, what kind of geek were you growing up? Were you a He-Man guy? Were you a Star Wars kid? Did you like Legos or, or, uh, you know, Play-Doh? What was your thing? Oh man. Um, I, Star Wars. A hundred percent. No question. I, I discovered Star Wars after the THX re-release in the, what was that? Early nineties. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think there's a lot of people of, of my generation who kind of discovered it at that point. So um, yeah, it was Star Wars. I, I knew every bit of minutia and trivia about Star Wars. I, you know, like, like every kid thought I could, you know, that if I tried hard enough, the force would, you know, manifest in me. I didn't, obviously then I found out later in the nineties that, uh, that it was all midichlorian based and that there was no hope for me, um, which was kind of a letdown, but you know, I got through it. Um, and yeah, like computer nerd too. Like I ran a, a Linux machine for, for many, many years. Well into high school, I was still thinking that, that Linux was the, the future of computing and that both Apple and, and Microsoft were, were equal and equivalent, you know, manifestations of, of evil. Um, but, you know, then I grew up, realized that, uh, you know, the year of Linux is something that people who use Linux will keep saying for the rest <laughs> until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it really wasn't worth my time or effort to spend, you know, every time I wanted to open an application or download one to spend, you know, my whole evening figuring out dependencies and, you know, figuring out why something wouldn't, why some package wouldn't install. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the geek I was, was, you know, Star Wars and, and computer stuff. And and so the question that uh, you and your co-host always ask on Not a Real Job: What are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm still at the office. That typically doesn't stop me. Um, but I don't. I think I finished. You know what? I think it's gonna be. What do we got here? It's gonna be rum. Excellent. There you go. See, I like your office better than mine. All I've got is cold water here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, advertising, there's, there's a certain mythos that needs to be upheld. Yeah, the, when the client comes in, they're expecting to meet the madman, right? Well, I, I, we, we barely have any clients coming up. Like, obviously, as, as you said, I, I'm a dirty Canuck, um, but most of our clients are based in the States and the UK, so we rarely have any client visits. It's mostly for my own, you know, the appearance I make to myself, you know, in the proverbial mirror. There you go. Uh, you know, let's go back for a minute to you talking about your start in computers and, and how the reason you gave up or sort of backed away from the love of Linux was because it was so fiddly. I think that's where all of the having to put it together, having to piece it together, I think that's where we can connect to today's topic and photos. So yeah. <laughs> before, we, before we get to Google Photos, let's talk about what you have been doing previously to this announcement with your photo backup. Where are your photos stored? 
Uh, my photos are stored um, on, on, obviously, on iCloud to a certain extent, and also a giant hard drive that I bought myself a couple months ago. I was I was having some computer issues, and obviously, I um, and I use Backblaze and stuff, but I uh, was having some issues, and I kind of panicked. Bought myself a cheap four terabyte drive and put everything on that as well. But I mean, I, as you can tell, I I had no solution. Um, so this is this is honestly kind of a revelation for me in a lot of ways, not just the unlimited storage. Oh my God, all my photos are saved somewhere. Um, but just, just, yeah, I mean, sorry, I completely misspoke that. The, the, the big part of the revelation is, oh my God, my photos are saved somewhere. <laughs> you know, being data mined, obviously, but we'll get into that. What about you? And that, that's where I've been pretty much too. So I've, I use the Photos app. I previously had used iPhoto on my computer, and I've got a big photo library there, about 300 to almost 400 gigabytes now of photos and videos. I've got four small kids, so I've got you know a decade of almost daily photos and almost that much video too, and this stuff adds up very quickly. I was so excited about the iCloud photo library announcement, and I've spoken with the, about that previously a little bit on uh, an episode here, as Apple announced, hey, we've got a Photos app on your phone, a Photos app on your iPad, new Photos app on your Mac, all of those things sync together through this iCloud photo library. The, my problem there has been the pricing. It was just... It was so off base compared to their competitors. And so far, the, the only other people doing this really is Flickr. Flickr has for quite some time had a terabyte of, of unlimited storage at a high resolution too, even for people who use raw images and things like that. iCloud comes in with, to me, comp- it, this is like the problem of them selling an $18,000 gold watch. It seems so tone deaf. <laughs> it seems so tone deaf to, to ask people to pay $10 a month for their photo storage or to expect that five gigabytes is enough for anyone's photos. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Well, look, and I, I get, I, I, I think it's, it's like the, the $17,000 watch makes tons of sense to me. Rich people want smartwatches too, and they're not going to be seen with a poor person's watch. You know, like <laughs> that that makes a certain amount of sense to me, but yeah, the, the pricing for their for their data storage make it, it, it makes zero sense. Other than you know, well, I, actually, here it makes this much sense. Apple is a company that ha- makes margins off of the products they sell to people. Apparently, to them, that should also include storing data. Google, obviously, not a company that cares about making money off of data storage. Amazon, same way. Flickr, all these companies are just writing off bandwidth and hard drive space as being just a, a, a cost to their business. They're not going to make money off of it directly, at least, you know, and we'll get into the indirect ways they might be profiting, but directly, they're not going to do it. Apple has said, look, we're going to make direct revenue off of handling people's data. And, and you know, the, the market will speak for itself, I'm sure. It just It's just not going to work that way. Storage is free to people. Gmail ruined it. Like now, yeah, it's a race to the bottom, but but that's just the way it is. So before this announcement, what Google products do you use on a regular basis? Uh, the, the Gmail. Gmail is the 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 biggest Google product. I use it personally, and our you know our company runs you know Google Apps for email, like like so many businesses. So email, um, uh, Google Calendar, obviously again because it's attached to my email. Um, and as far as like other products, I have the Google search app on my phone, which I use, like I travel a lot and the Google, just having the Google search app is invaluable. You know, it obviously it knows where I'm traveling. So I open up that app and it's better than TripIt. It's better than TripCase. It's better than Passbook. Well, Passbook 
is useless. So that's not that's not a high bar. But yes. Um, but it it that's that would basically be it. Search and Gmail are the big ones, and the Google app. What about you? When I'm I'm pretty much off of Google altogether. I wrote a blog post, nice. as a matter of fact, about I'm thinking this is like two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago now, and I got I shifted from Gmail to a it was at the time it was an at me address with Apple, mm-hmm. and I still use that now. And to me, the reason why I left was they are clearly moving in a direction where not only are they going to tie all their products together, but they are requiring unlimited access to your data. And yeah, they promise, hey, we're not going to do anything with it other than than sell you better ads. That was enough, though, to me. I don't want to be your product. I'm, I'm not interested in that. I don't mind paying for services that are useful to me at reasonable market rates. But I didn't want to be their product. And so I pulled back. The only thing I use really with regularity now is YouTube. And recently I've started being a little bit active. Uh, and I, this is, I'm like behind the market on this because podcasters are still hanging out on Google+. Plus. There's a lot of uh, community building that goes on there and sharing ideas and uh, different tips like mastermind groups and things like that. So I've actually hmm. gotten quite active with Google+, Plus recently. That's fascinating. I can't imagine that being something that someone dips their toe into is Google Plus. I'm going to cut myself off from Google, but use Google Plus. That's amazing to me. It, it was. It's very strange, and I have. I keep hoping that they will just finally put the bullet in it, and and so yeah. all of these groups that I use on Google Plus will move over to Facebook groups, maybe. But and I, and I know Facebook is the same way. They use you for advertising as well. I was just going to say, yeah, that's that's a lateral move. At best. For some reason, it was, and there were several different steps that Google took all at once. The combination of their privacy encroachment and then the other thing that was going on at the same time was the way that they were handling a lot of the patent troll nonsense. They had bought up a massive amount of patents from Motorola right before this, and it looked as if they were about to get themselves in a very offensive position uh, trying to take down a lot of other mobile companies or or uh, at least use it in some sort of offensive way. As it turned out, it was mostly about trying to save them lawsuits, I think. But um, it, it, anyway, whatever the reason was, I ended up pulling back from Google altogether and, and only begrudgingly. As you said, I use it some for my business. I use Google Search still occasionally, although I have even used DuckDuckGo, uh, Duck, mm-hmm. Duck, which is a very good search engine in and of itself. But this announcement yeah. was too good. I had to go and look into it. And and I had actually begun the, the process of transitioning to one of the other offerings, Amazon's photo library, which is if you're a Prime member, um, which is their $99 a year or I think it's like $119 a year now, uh, it's a subscription service is what it really is for delivery of the things that you buy from Amazon. Hey, no, no shipping on all of the things that you get. But they've added in a bunch of perks. You can stream movies and TV shows now from their library. You can access Kindle books, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the new things added pretty recently is this photo library. It's unlimited photos and up to five gigabytes of video all included in your Prime membership. And so my wife and I had started transitioning to that, and we'd begun the upload process when this announcement from Google came. Um, Google I.O. happens the other day, and here's what they announce. Unlimited photo storage up to 16 megapixels and unlimited video storage up to 1080p video. If you up, if you upload um, images or videos higher quality than that, higher resolution than that, they're going to downgrade them slightly. But everything else goes in just like you gave it. And you can then access those from any device that you sign into, whether that's from the web, from your iPhone, your iPad, your desktop, laptop, computer, whatever. It's literally too good to be true, Joel. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 magical. That's that's the that's the word I used on Twitter last night. Um, it's the storage is great. Yeah, you can upload, but honestly, it's so magical. I'd pay for it. I, you know, like that's that's the thing that blows my mind, and and that's what makes me also so frustrated. Is that now were they able to build such a magical app because of the data mining that they're doing? Yeah, of course. Is this a product that any other company even could build? Not not even talking about engineering talent, but just access to so much data? Probably not. Um, but but what they've done here is just so spectacular that I think a lot of people's you know morals and and kind of principles are going out the window. Which is what happens when when you have something that's so good. Um, people want it. I, I, and the thing that bothers me, and this is this is again something I tweeted like. You know, the Tim Cook, you know, the conversation that he was having or the interview where he said, you know, that you shouldn't basically saying you shouldn't use Google. Yeah, you know, you might like it, but they're doing terrible stuff with your data. It's like that's a guilt is not a business model. Um, I like you can't just tell me, Tim Cook, to use your apps instead because you have a, a business model that I appreciate more. Make a good app. Like I was saying, like, like you know, my point about Passbook, like what's the last Apple Apple made app you've used that gave you a magical, delightful experience? I can't think of a single one. The only reason I use native Apple apps on my phone is because of the integration with each other is better because the notification system works better. Like I'd rather use a different calendar app. I'd rather use a different mail app, but I found that my notification screen makes more sense if I'm using Apple's apps, but that's not a, that's not a good reason. And, you know, and look, I'm sure Apple's photo app, there's probably some advantage to use that over Google photos, but you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be strong enough. And I think that's where I'm at is the frustration of, of Apple, like make, make an app that's really, really good. And, and we don't have to worry about what's happening to our data. And that's, that's a conversation I've had as well. Like when people say, well, all corporations are evil. Google and Apple are two sides of the same coin. Like, no, of course not. You know what your relationship with Apple as a company is. You're a customer. You bought a product. You bought a $600 phone or a $17,000 watch. And, and they're happy with that. They've got everything they need. With Google, what's your relationship with that company? As you said, you're the product. You're, you're not a customer. You're, you're a point of data. You're, you're something they need to do what their actual product is, which is advertising, which is all this other stuff. So that's, you know, they're, they're not equivalent um, in that sense, but one of them is definitely developing way better software right now. Well, and it's it's one of those things. Google has been on a run, I think, for the last three years or so, massively improving the level of their design. And they've changed yeah. the design across Android. They've tried to unify it a little bit and modernize it a little bit. But all of their their recent apps... If you go back and look at the changes that they made with Inbox and that release, if you look at what they're doing now with the Google Photos app, Google Now and the changes to the Google Search app that are even available on iOS, they have taken a much more, hey, we are everywhere and we want our services. That is, you, you worded it so well. Their services are on, you, you, can't, you can't look away from them. You can't turn away from them yeah. just because of the company that built them. They're too good. They're undeniable in some ways. And that is exactly what this Photos app is. Apple came close, I think, Joel, with the last release. The Photos yeah. app is a, is a massive improvement on 
the old iPhoto model, it works a lot better with larger libraries. It works a lot better connected to the web. The syncing is so much better than it ever was before. All of the new features with the idea of moving to this entire iCloud photo library, that's a great idea. They just didn't take it far enough. Well, and that's, that's it. That's, you totally nailed it. The, the new Photos app is not a revelation. It's where they should have been. iPhoto sucked. You couldn't scroll through your photos without crashing your computer. They, they gave up on Aperture and all their other software. They released the app that they should have had for a long, long time. That's not, that's not interesting to me. And people, yeah, were losing their minds. Look at how fast it scrolls. Like, I'm sorry. I know it's a, an amazing technical feat, but being able to scroll through my photos is not a feature. Like, that's what Google is doing with their apps. And I don't like the material design aesthetic, personally. It doesn't, it, you know, it's not my favorite thing. But damn, if they're not trying, Gosh. if they're not, like, that's, that's what really matters. And I think what really matters to people is that there's intent behind everything that Google's doing that is not evident in most of Apple stuff, including the most recent Photos app. The intent was not to delight or make a magical experience. The intent was to fix a bunch of crappy photo apps that they've been barely maintaining. Like, let's let's talk about the Apple TV for a second. I put that in the same camp. So obviously, Apple has given up on Apple TV. It barely works. It's a pain in the ass to use. Um, you know, the whole thing, because they're coming out with a new one. But when they do, when they come up with a new one, is it going to be magical? Is it going to be where it should be, or is it just going to be an Apple TV that works better? And I, I'm betting on the latter. I am so worried about that. I love the way that you put that, too. We talked about that a little bit last week. I, I had Alicia Goodman on, and we discussed WWDC and some of the uh, potential announcements. I am an Apple TV user. I love my Apple TV, but it has languished out there while people like the Roku have raced ahead. The Amazon Firebox even has raced ahead in a lot of different ways. Simple things, Joel, like the, the Roku, including the ability to plug in headphones to your remote. Why can't I do that with my iPhone from my Apple mm -hmm. TV? Why can I not plug headphones into my iPhone and tell it, tell, play me the audio from my Apple TV so that I can watch a movie and not bother my wife or my kids or whatever? Like, that's such a simple thing, it would seem like. Yeah, yeah. And tell me, do you, do you love your Apple TV or do you love the idea of your Apple I, TV? That's exactly it. I love the idea of it. I love, I love the idea of on-demand uh, entertainment. I, 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 have a, I have an endorsement deal on my local radio, uh, my day job here for a cable company. And so I get a, a heavily, um, heavily discounted cable service. Let's put it like that. So I've got the TiVo box. I've got all of the channels, the whole nine yards. But I, it literally hurts my heart. If I'm sitting down in front of the TV and watching something just by happenstance, if I flip through the channels, I feel like this is the lowest of the low form of entertainment <laughs> that I could possibly have. I'm, it's such a waste of my time. And, and so the idea of the Apple TV, hey, not only uh, do you not have to wait for things, not only do you not have to happen upon entertainment, but you don't even have to remember to record it. It's all just waiting here for you. You can access it when you want to. And yet... John Syracuse made this uh, a great uh, d discussion the other day, I think on one of his podcasts, he was talking about the fact that still the Apple TV can't skip through things even half as well as the TiVo does. <laughs> Why not? Why can't I fast forward yeah. through Netflix? You know, like that's ridiculous that the VCR that I have in a closet somewhere is a, does a better job of fast forwarding than Netflix does on my Apple TV. And is more consistent. I mean, uh, look, I, I, I will say... They must have updated the Apple TV fairly recently because I have to unplug it less. Yes. I am, I am much less often. And again, 
I'm sure Apple would tout that as a feature at this point. <laughs> that, look, it, it works more often. I'm getting it's it the, the iTunes store is available more often than it used to be. But I mean, look, when's the last time you did that scramble where you wanted to pause? You can't find your Apple TV remote and or any other route, so you open the app on your phone. It slowly loads. You click the button to make it connect, and then you've paused. You know, long after the phone stopped ringing or the person stopped knocking on your door or whatever reason you needed to pause. Like conceivably, conceivably, the Apple TV and my phone could talk to each other, and one would know that I have my phone with me and that I'm playing something on my Apple TV. So why, on my lock screen, do I not have Apple TV controls when I'm using it? I can't think of a good reason. Because they're they're saving that feature for the watch, Joel. We but we both have to get a watch so we can watch uh, television on our TV. That's that's that obvious. is the and it's the most compelling reason to get the watch. Right now, <laughs> is it the, is. You're right. The yeah. remote app is the fact that that what you would think the most basic integration of two Apple products that they would do. But again, I mean, look, you know, they they touted all the integration. You know, now that Johnny Ive is in charge of everything and Craig Federighi seems to have more power. The the handoff stuff. It was supposed to work too, but I don't think I've ever, when I actually wanted to send myself a link from my computer to my phone or vice versa, has it ever actually worked? I think I've only done it when I was like, oh, neat. It seems to be working right now. Let's send myself a link just to see. The I've never had the handoff thing work. What does work for me a lot though, <laughs> and, I, and I love this, is the cloud, um, what do they call it? Cloud tabs or whatever in Safari. If you're if you're on Safari on your phone and then you're on Safari on your desktop, you can click the little cloud button and you can have access to all of your tabs open on all of your devices if you do the syncing. That seems to work pretty well. But again, it's like they tout a feature that seems so magical and then it doesn't work. And and this is one of those things with photos. I feel like it's the same thing. You're like, well, why aren't my photos all everywhere? Like you said, they were going to be Apple. And their answer is, well, you need to pay us some more money. Yeah. yeah let, let, let me give you another crazy example. So last night, I, I, I heard a song on a podcast. So I tried to download the song. It's not on iTunes. It's some indie band. So I had to basically, I did, I had to buy for and download MP3s for the first time in a while. Anyway, I add them to my iTunes library on my computer. So I think, I want to listen to these on my phone. How do I do that? So I was like, well, I opened my iTunes app and I was like, this has got to automatically sync, right? Like, that should do it. And they're like, why? No, the songs, even though I added them to my computer, iTunes library, they're not on my phone. So I Google Wi-Fi sync between iTunes and my computer. And step number one is connect your phone with a USB cable to your computer. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Is that, did someone write this with a straight face? That. It feels to me too, Joel, that these were the kinds of things that it was easy for us as Apple fans to sort of cut them slack on once upon a time. But now when literally every time we hear earnings reports, it's a bigger and bigger company, the largest yeah, company in the world exactly. by, by a, a, you know, a factor of 10 or something like that. It's time for them to start spending money on these issues. Like throw money yeah. at the problem until you fix it. Yeah, and look, I'll I'll buy the Apple car, sure, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. I'm cool. Keep working on that, but I'm, you know, maybe it's like what Marco Arment used to say about the Kindle. It seemed like they only had one person who worked on it, and he was only allowed to work on it a couple weeks out of the year. <laughs> it feel, it feels like a lot of Apple products are the same way. Like they've got one one guy or gal 
and they've got you know a couple hours out of out of the year to kind of work on it and that's that's the person who wrote the instructions to wirelessly sync your itunes or <laughs> like well you know first connect it with a cord and then we'll talk all right so let's uh, let's get back into google photos here and some of the reasons why people might want to uh, check it out. You talked about uh, being a magical app. For me, the number one thing about this app is not uh, the uploading of the photos. It's not the idea that they're all waiting for me in the cloud. It's been the little notifications that I've been getting as Google crawls through my library and puts little stories together, little animations, little all these sorts of wonderful little presents I keep getting push notifications for. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's 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 absolutely the thing. Every time I get one of those, and sometimes, so I'm sure you've experienced, a few of them are duds. Oh, like, sure. <laughs> like that collage is just four of my face. <laughs> like that's, you know. Well, what's been interesting is, so it's, it's my wife and I, we've put our photo libraries together. So there's several years where like she and I are both married to other people. And yet sometimes because of the dates on the photos, all of a sudden we'll have a collage where it's like her and her uh, ex-husband and me and my ex-wife and children from uh, different families and, you know, different states even and all sorts of weird things like that. But generally, these have been pretty good. If you haven't used the Google Photos app, what we're talking about is um, they're called creations. And what happens is Google, their machine learning is what they talk about. That's the way they describe this. Their servers are crawling through your photos looking for uh, items that are similar, faces that are similar, uh, photos taken in a very small time frame and they can put those together in a lot of different interesting ways. They can automatically make GIFs for you, which is very, very fun. They can make videos where they put together videos and photos and all these sort of different things from one event and they make sort of like a little story for you with um, some uh, you know, cleared music so you can share that out on all your social media sites and things like that. And again, my favorite part about it this is even while they're making these, it's not being posted anywhere, Joel. It's all just in your library. Yep. Yeah, and, and I didn't know about the creations when I got the app. I heard everyone just, as we were talking about, excuse me, because my, my storage system was so arcane, I was really jazzed about, okay, I'll get the Photos app. Everyone's talking about it. I'll give it a try. It starts uploading my photos, and I don't remember. I must have hit the button, but I was like, oh, uploading photos. Like, all right, well, you know, I can always stop this. And then minutes later, I get the first um, notification that a creation is ready. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll check this out. And it's, I I was at my friend's wedding um, a while ago now, and I it was dark when they did their first dance. So as you do, I took a bunch of photos, hoping that one's got decent exposure, you know, one's in focus. And Google put together an animation of my friend and her husband dancing. And it was the most, like, it kind of brought a tear to my eye. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing that my phone has ever done for me without me asking it to do it. Like that's, I could, I can't even imagine an Apple app doing that. Well, it, it reminds me of, okay, when Apple first announced the burst photo feature, mm -hmm. and I think that was, was that with the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 5S? Whichever. That was the 5S, okay, so I believe. I think you're right, because I think it required the extra I don't think processing the was, power. Yeah, the 5 wasn't fast enough for that. So, but the way they described it in that very first conference was, hey, you take 20 photos to make sure you get one good one. And then you got to go back and you got to look through these photos and find out which, which one's good. Don't worry about that. The phone will pick one automatically. You can go change it if you want to, but the phone will pick your, your one good photo out of these 30 and make that a lot easier on you. And I thought, how brilliant. What, a, what an amazing yeah. thing. And yet this is that taken to the, the nth power. Yeah. That's that one saying, okay, we've got this feature. What can we do? Again, I, I'm going to keep using the word, 
because delight has been overused. I'm going to keep using the word magical. Like, what can we do to make this an experience that someone is having outside of their phone, outside of their device? And yeah, getting the best photo of 20 that you just took in a burst, that's, that is an app-specific experience. What Google's doing with the animations, and even like they're, it's doing the dumb like stylizing of some of my photos too. Um, but what they're doing is like they're they're making you a reason to kind of pick up your phone and show the person beside you, like, oh my god, look at this. I've been texting my friends who turn up in animations, um, like the little animation it's making. So you have to see this. This is when you were trying to take a photo with with a couple of uh, dogs in the park, and they kept moving. So I took like 30 photos to try to get one where they're all looking the same way. And it made this a hilarious animation of these dogs being, you know, crazy while my friend's trying to wrangle them. And I texted that to her immediately. It was actually, no, even better. Google completed that animation on her birthday two days ago. Nice. So I sent her, I was like, happy birthday, buddy. And like, check this out. And that, that's, and of course, her first thing is like, what is this? How did you do this? Like, what happened? It was like Google Photos app. Did it by itself. Yeah, absolutely. That that's an experience that my wife and I have both had too. As we've sent friends, I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the charity, but my wife did a couple of years ago this event called Saint Baldrick's, where you you shave your head. I believe it's a cancer uh, organization, and she had you know, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes worth of raw video and, and 150 photos maybe. And Google put that all together in like this three minute clip with music under it. It's so wonderful. We She sent that out to everybody that was at that event and all of them, it literally made their day. And that's the kind of thing, again, <laughs> that makes a lot of things worthwhile. So as we're telling you all these wonderful things about Google Photos, Joel, you started this in the beginning. Why why should someone, especially someone like you or me, but why should the average person that might be listening to this, why should they be wary of jumping in to the Google ecosystem and, and Google Photos specifically? Yeah, and so, I mean, it comes down to a few things. Like, obviously, if you have any of your photos, um, you know, let's, let's imagine you've taken a photo of yourself drinking while you're underage or maybe smoking a drug that's not legal in your state or country. Um, that's on Google server now that, and I'm sure they will say something like, you know, no, it's all encrypted or whatever, but that can be subpoenaed. And, you know, that's just, that's data that's going into a server where it's not like Apple, where they are very, as Tim Cook said, he's like, we don't want your personal information. We don't want to have something that could be subpoenaed that we'd have to give up. So we'd rather not have it at all. Like, so with like encrypted encryption backdoors and things like that, Apple's been one of the fiercest proponents to keep any backdoors out of these, they, they don't want to have the access themselves. Like I, I, they can't give the government something that they don't have or don't have access to. Google and their way these apps are made, it, it requires constant access. It requires their computers to be always looking at your photos and storing them in the cloud, which, you know, we talk about the cloud as a thing, but of course it just means hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of servers all across the world. So that photo of you smoking a joint is on a server somewhere that you know nothing about, and that could get in the hands of someone who could hurt you. And 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 I'm, I won't I won't stand for the argument of well, you know, you shouldn't have taken a photo of it, or you know, you shouldn't have taken you shouldn't have texted your friend a nude photo of yourself. Like you know, screw off. People people are gonna be people, and we shouldn't have to worry that you know the new app we got on our phone that's making cool animations could ruin your life or your friend's life. You know, again, I've taken photos of other people. I didn't ask their permission because they're my friends. We were, you know, we took a selfie together. But now 
you know, my friend's photos are on someone's server that again could be subpoenaed, you know, but well, if we want to think not even dystopian, but imagine, imagine my, my friend's spouse thinks um, they're being cheated on. Is there a reality in which they could subpoena records from Google um, because Google can find out where they've been based on my photos. It knows the names of my friends by now, I'm sure. And, and where they were when that photo was taken. What if it's a photo of them being somewhere where their spouse wasn't aware of it? And now that's a court record. Like it's all very basic stuff. And again, yeah, maybe, maybe Google got, Google has the, the, the walls in place to keep this from happening, but it seems like an incredibly real possibility to me. I mean, we have, we have the thing. So we've got two toll bridges in Halifax that span the, the harbor between, um, between two parts of the city, there's there is an example of there was it was this like cheating spouse thing where they were able to subpoena the records um, from the bridge commission that showed, you know, that the person used their their like RFID pass bridge pass and crossed the bridge at a time where they said, you know, they hadn't been there. That record was su subpoenaed. And that seems super um super complicated. That seems like kind of a, a, a crazy thing that someone would be able to track down. A, a photo of someone in a place they suggested they weren't, that seems pretty basic. <laughs> you know, if I, if I was a lawyer, um, this, I would be either really, really happy or really, really scared for my clients right now to think that all of this data is out there. And if you go to photos.google.com, search for some weird terms like smile, search for a term like car, it can identify some really specific stuff about your photos. If someone has access to your computer when you're logged into your device and goes over and searches for your photos, they're going to find some stuff that you would never have expected that they could find. That, that's the stuff that bothers me. And I'm not thinking dystopian you know, future and all the machines. I, I'm not thinking about the fact that you know, Google owns Boston, Di Boston Dynamics, is it? Is it the military robot company? Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Are they going to make a Terminator that can recognize our faces and kill us? Maybe. But that's, that's a little far off. I'm talking next year when someone wants to incriminate me and has, has the ability to do it. Well, and, and even before that, Joel, something as simple as, okay, you, you mentioned Gmail as the big app that most people use for Google. What do you see in the sidebar of your Gmail? You see ads, and those ads are based on what's in your email. You don't think that there is a time coming soon when we'll have ads in the sidebar? As you're scrolling through your vacation photos while you're at Walt Disney World, you've got an ad in the sidebar for Universal Studios, right? Like, I mean, that's, that seems like an obvious thing that's coming soon. <laughs> And as an advertiser, I hope it does. But, but that, um, you know, even I, I can get the ad thing. And I completely agree with you. You're totally right. But I can get someone going, well, who cares? I don't care that, you know, that, that I've got an ad on there. Okay, well, what if your religion or what if some books that you've read when you were 17 suddenly become illegal? Like we know, like libraries getting subpoenaed to find out who – we're, we're taking out books that terrorists also read. You know, now that Google knows all this stuff, you know, what if something that you've done in your past is, is made to be illegal or someone has a grudge against you? Like we know we have examples of people who work at the FBI, you know, digging up data on people because they, you know, because their girlfriend or boyfriend asked them to. Like it's just, it's creating way too many records of, of your behavior that seems way too accessible. And that, that frightens me. You know, I, 
I read the Communist Manifesto last year. Amazon knows that because I bought it from Amazon. What if that turns out to be something that, that, that the government is worried about? All that data is out there. It's in the cloud and it's easily gotten. And, and, and that, that's what worries me is that, you know, it's, it just it seems like we're, we're creating way too many data, you know, layers that can be mined for, for anything. We've all done something illegal and, and, you know, creating records of it is concerning to me. Yes. Well, and I mean, and again, it's like you don't have to have anything to hide to want your things hidden. You know, like yeah. The, yeah. I, I don't you don't have to be a lawbreaker to not want the lawman snooping on you. I don't think that's that's required at all. But it it is concerning. Now, I'm going to go from all of the things that are concerning about this app to let's talk how we can improve it and make sure that everybody starts using it. Uh, now, until <laughs> things, here's, here's a couple of big things on my wish list. First and foremost, I need a Mac app. I, I like the web interface. It's fine. The iPhone and the iPad app is wonderful. To me, the biggest problem is the is the uploading. They use a little sync daemon, a little sync agent you can download for your uh, Mac or for your Windows PC, and you can tell it the, photo, the folders that your photos reside in, and it'll sync there. They don't have compatibility yet with Photos Library if you're using the new Photos app on uh, the Mac, which is a problem for me. And the other thing that I don't like is that I have to go through the web. I know I could set up one of those, like, purpose-made browsers, uh, single-use browser or something like that. But I, I just feel like I'd rather have an app. And I can log into that app and I can close that app, maybe even password protect that app instead of letting somebody <laughs> stumble across my browser, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, they tout as one of the big features is that you don't have to log in. You don't have to do anything. It's just it's all connected to your Google account. I was like, well, that worries me because I've I walk away from my computer all the time, logged into my email, you know, unsurprisingly, like most of us do. So now the person who just stumbles up to my phone or, or computer that might be unlocked, which again, yes, thank you everyone for, I'm sure, shouting, well, you should always lock your computer before you walk away. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, got it. Um, so now all my photos are there and not just there in a stream, like that someone need to scroll through based on, let's say, geolocation or date, but really, really searchable. Like, I, I haven't typed in, well, actually, I did. I typed in beer. Imagine I'm, you know, uh, uh, 20 in the States or 18 in Canada, you know, close to the legal drinking age. I'm sure you've got photos of yourself drinking a beer. What if your, you know, your parents could come up to your computer, type in the word beer or bottle and see every photo you've ever taken that includes alcohol? That's, you know, anyway, that I'm getting back to, I'm getting back to the problems. Um, so, so I, I totally agree with you with the app that's lockable, that I feel some security around that I don't have to, that I can even maybe turn off direct access to the browser. Like, no, this can only be accessed by entering a password into an app. What about uh, geotagging? That's the other big problem for me. If you've got, yeah. if you've got data on the photos, then it's there in Google Photos. But if, you, if you're coming off of a camera that doesn't have uh, geotagging information on it or an older photo or a scanned photo, geotagging and the data correction, there's no way to edit that information, that EXIF information in the Google Photos app. Yeah, no, I, I guess uh, my point there is, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, you know, even it would, I would love to be able to teach it as well. Like, you know, for instance, if you do do a search for something like, you know, I did a search for sunsets, I think. And uh, yeah, it gave me all of my beautiful sunset photos and a couple photos that were just badly uh, like white balanced. So it thought there was a sunset when it was just like a yellowish photo. I would love to be able to tell it, no, that's, that's wrong. Um, things like that. So yeah, I completely agree. I mean, and I, I mean, that's gotta be around the corner. 
It's, yeah, this is very obviously like a 1.0, and I say 1.0, it's I do, not really. I don't think you're going to get the Mac app, though. I don't think you're going to get an app at all. I don't think so either, which makes me so sad in that we, like Google and all of these companies really, have gotten past the idea of not being in the other guy's swimming pool, so to speak, as far as mobile goes. Everybody's got a Windows app. Everybody's got an Android app. Everybody's got an iPhone app. Even Apple is talking about bringing Beats to the Android side or leaving it over there and maybe even bringing their new music app there. And yet, on the desktop side, it's like, oh, no, the web's fine. No, the web is not fine. Mobile has yeah. proven that to us, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great point. But I mean, a lot of it's just got to be the feeling of inevitability that the, the desktop computer for the average user is just going away. Um, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not sure that's the case. But I, I have a feeling there's a lot of that thinking in that let, let, like mobile is growing. Desktop is shrinking. Where are we going to put our assets? It's not going to be on a Mac app and a PC app. I just yeah, I just I don't I just don't think there's any level of care or investment there i'm i'm still impressed when you know web services i use like like slack you know i i love that it's got a, a desktop app and it actually works pretty well but i'm still surprised when i find out that these apps even exist i wonder if the plan long term for google is not to be able to port the chrome os so that you can install it sort of like as a a virtualization layer or something like that on top of a mac or a windows pc and hey, when you want to, you can just be in your Google uh, world, you know, and you don't, it's just like a Chromebook on that fancy MacBook that you have or on that fancy Windows PC that you have at your office or whatever. What's the difference between that and just opening Chrome as a browser? Though? Uh, yeah, probably not a great deal. I think the Chrome OS does some cooler things with the caching and some of their like offline access to some of the apps and things that might make it a little bit um, I don't, I think there is something for me at least, I find it like cognitively dissonant to work in the mm -hmm. browser at all times. Like I mm -hmm. feel like I get work done in apps, you know, and the browser, I don't count as an app. The browser is a window to the web as opposed to an application to me. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. But is that, is that our, our age and geekiness? <laughs> yes. Speaking? Yes. I think that's yeah. exactly it. And I think, <laughs> I think normal computer users don't care. It's, it's all like, they don't even know the difference. It's, these are the things that I do on my computer and they're all, yeah, this, this button is internet. This one, you know, is where I write my files. And if those two become the same thing, I don't think a lot of people People are bothered by that. But yeah, I mean, you think about like John Syracuse, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up earlier. I mean, like what he does with his windows and how he behaves on a computer is so vastly different from anything that I could ever imagine. I, I think that we're all the, we're all kind of outliers um, in, in cases like this. And I think the, the experience for most people is getting because yeah, it's just getting closer and closer to they use their computers for the internet. Yes. So why wouldn't I use the internet button to do all of this stuff? All of my stuff. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, all right. So before we wrap up here today, tell me what you think about this app so far, and are you going to continue to use it, or do your privacy and security concerns outweigh it? Are you going to continue to be hesitant by uh, not diving in full full force? No, I think it's I I, I think it's going to continue to delight me. Um, I'm I'm excited. Like I'm still uploading photos. It's been days now. Um, and it hasn't it hasn't caught up to like some of my most recent vacations or business trips yet, and I'm I'm super excited to see what it's <laughs> what it does with those. So no, I mean my my you know well let's I'll say it again. I work at advertising. My principles go at the window pretty easily. Um, so no, this this 
this app is definitely something I'm going to keep using. I mean, am I going to tire of it? Am I eventually going to get bored with the novelty? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But but that's not going to be the reason. Like, that'll be the reason I stop using it. Probably not my ethical concerns. Un- unless those cases that I, you know, were, were was imagining start to manifest. And then, and then some decisions need to be made. But at that point, it'll probably already be too late. Like, you know, is that is that a feature that exists currently? Can I can I remove all my data from Google servers? Yeah, boy, that that's the big question, isn't it? Sure, you can download them, but can you remove them? Yeah. And even if even if they offered that option, would I believe that they were actually truly going anywhere? Can Google even promise that it'll be expunged from all servers? Do they even have that capacity? Probably not. You'd think they'd set up their business. They have set up their business to do the exact opposite is to never let a bit of data disappear, you know, by request or not. I mean, Facebook really can't even get rid of your data. They can, they do their best, but that's just not, that's not how these companies were built. So I would love, you know, that would be a really interesting thing. You know, if Google wants to do a bit of a PR campaign, wouldn't it be nice if they offered on, you know, going forward, all new apps, there's an easy way to remove all your data. That could be kind of as an olive branch. I, that, and that's, that's exactly what it could be is, look, yes, we're going to use your data for sales purposes. Yes, we're going to use your data for ad targeting. But we are truthfully not evil. We don't want you to get arrested for that joint you smoked in high school either. So we're going to allow you to clean up all of this stuff. We're going to, yeah, I think if they would come out with some strong statements like that, you look at the way that Apple has reacted to some of the government intrusion and encroachment recently, very forcefully in public, they have made it clear, we're going to fight this with all of the money that we have. We don't believe that this encroachment is legal. We don't believe that it's constitutional and we are not going to support it. We're not going to roll over easily. Google has very much had a public stance the opposite of that. Other than their, uh, you know, issues with the Chinese government, pretty much worldwide, mm-hmm. they are beloved by governmental officials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but let me let me just posit one one final scenario. Imagine you are appointed. I, I doubt I could be as a Canadian citizen, but imagine you're appointed director of the CIA. This app comes out, and let's say Google releases the opportunity. Okay, you can go through and select photos you want us to expunge from our records permanently. If you knew that that was happening within Google's walls, what level of effort and money would you put in to getting access to that? All to of it. Get access, ex- <laughs> every single ounce of it. You would want to know what people were deleting from Google servers. Like that's some tasty, tasty stuff. <laughs> and that, yeah. I admit, I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> and that that is the danger. So here, here I am of two minds, Joel. I and I'm with you. I am diving in headfirst. I still don't have all of my photos uploaded, but we're in the process. It will get there eventually. And when they do, I plan on using this app as my sole photo repository, pretty much at least for the foreseeable future. And yet, as, as people ask me, as normal people ask me, the first question that I will respond when they say, "Hey, is Google Photos for me?" I'll say, "Well." How do you feel about security and privacy online? What, and, and if they if they ask me, well, what do you mean security and privacy online? Then I'm going to say, yeah, Google Photos is just right for you. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but if they if they have concerns, if they're the kind of people who you know disconnect the computer uh, from the internet so that they can plug in the USB drive and and interact with their files and things like that, if they run Linux, if they're not on Facebook, those people do not want to get into Google Photos. Yeah, and those people already know better. I think, you know, 
yeah. If if you're wondering, hey, is this app for me? The answer is probably yes, because you know your data is already stored somewhere you didn't know about. <laughs> so you know, and 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 that's kind of like my thinking too. Is like, okay, Google's. I mean, it's already too late. Why yes. not at least? Why not at least get the benefits of it? <laughs> that's I go. guess that's where I'm at. That's that's. <laughs> that's that's a uh, extremely cynical view. <laughs> well, I was going to say maybe that's not such a, a hopeful outlook uh, for the future no. of our technology. But it's I'm a, not famous for hopeful. I think outlook. it's a realistic <laughs> one, though. Joel, I sure do appreciate you joining me today. Uh, and no, of my course, pleasure. you've got the best name for a uh, a, a writer or a, a podcaster. Uh, you know, Joel's <laughs> Joel's where it's at, man. Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, ditto. Hey, it tell, was mutual. Him, tell everybody where they can follow you. Uh, Twitter, the best place, probably to keep up with you from day to day, and then the websites yeah. again too. Just at Joel Kelly, um, go to joelkelly.ca, buy my book, um, joelkelly.ca, you can get it there. I wrote, uh, I wrote an, uh, a novella recently, so everyone go out and, and, and buy that if you're interested in, the, in topics such as advertising, religion, and loss. Um, and yeah, and uh, notarealjob.com is the podcast that I do with my good friend, Chris Van Patten. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome stuff, man, and we'll uh, have you on again soon. I had a great time, Joel. Me too. Thanks so much. Great discussion with Joel Kelly this week about Google Photos, an app that I personally think everybody should try out and make sure uh, if it's right for you. But if it is, it's absolutely free and can do a lot of things for that gigantic photo and video library that you're sitting on, uh, on your uh, external hard drives, on your uh, old computer at home or wherever you've got all of these uh, old archived photos. Maybe you still got them in shoeboxes. You need to scan them in and then uh, get them on the cloud. Anyway, Google Photos, if you want more information on how to get set up, we've got some cool links and tutorials in the show notes. Check that out and uh, let me know what you think about the service and whether you're making the switch or what are you doing about your photo storage. I'd love to hear from you. You can email us at me and the geek at teamprocreate.com. Me and the geek at teamprocreate.com. You can also feedback on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we're me and the geek on both those places, or you can just uh, come back to the website next week for another great geeky conversation. It's meandthegeekpod.com. Until next week, this week's geek was Joel Kelly. You can follow him at Joel Kelly on Twitter. Me, The Rogue's Life on Twitter. That's Joel Sharpton. And this week's topic was Google Photos. Until next week, this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four. Woo! Me and the Geek is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a ProCreate production. ProCreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows, like Movie Buzzed. The Movie Buzzed podcast is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place for friends to get together, watch a good movie, and catch a good buzz. Every episode, your host, Zach, will be joined by a special guest, or five, to have some fun. Movie Buzzed is where you'll find your friends and a good buzz waiting for you. Tune into Hair Car's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Hey Car, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes. 
Joe loves doubles. Joe has a double-barrelled surname. He goes double Dutch on double dates, and on those dates he wears double denim. Joe sleeps with a double-down duvet by a double-glazed window, and has two fancy cars which he stores in his double garage. So Joe did a double take when he saw our new double quarter pounder with cheese. Double lovers get ready. The new McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese is here, but only until the 24th of September. So get there on the double. (laughs) Served after 10.30am, except in selected restaurants, which will serve this from 11am. Participating restaurants only.